Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Praise his name. Verses 11 and 12 here this evening. The Bible says, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. Rieseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. Uh, part 12c of the beast and the false prophet father i'm asking god that your spirit continue lord jesus through lord this lesson tonight god grant us understanding i pray oh god what your spirit has come down to do i pray lord it would continue to do lord i know god you just find god people that are receptive god to what you're desiring to do god and you'll work in tandem with that i pray oh lord today jesus bless god your word lord let it find god a place god of lodging lord in our lives and we'll be thankful for it in the lovely name of jesus christ that we pray and everybody say amen amen you may be seated here this evening amen and try to the best of my ability to be conscious of your time my plans were not to stay in 13 but we might as a result of the things that happened and that's totally fine amen with me Hallelujah. To a certain degree, this may be somewhat uh, informative. I don't know. Uh, If it's not, well, God bless you. The word another here in Revelation 13, 11, another beast that comes. We have looked at the word another before. This particular another denotes one of the same kind. Uh, Talking about the first beast that came out of the sea, now this one out of the earth. It's another beast. It's one of the same kind that came out of the earth as well that that was similar to that which was previously presented and so uh, where the first one that came out of the sea we know to be the antichrist and we are very much so aware because the bible tells us that their workings are similar because they are empowered by the dragon or by satan and so this second beast comes up out of the earth in revelation 1920 he is plainly called the false prophet make no bones about it the second beast is the false prophet the bible says in revelation 1920 and the beast this is speaking of the first beast from the sea the antichrist was taken and with him the false prophet this is the second beast from the earth that wrought miracles and i know this because of the other's descriptions that are laid to it that wrought miracles before him which with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. Uh, these both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. So the second beast is the false prophet. And as we did from the very onset of getting into this chapter, the false prophet will be the, represent- the representative of the religious element or the religious system that will be coming uh, in the last days. He will be the public relations guy if you will the public relations entity for the antichrist he will be one that will be swaying the hearts of the people that's underneath his religious system uh, to pay their respects and their worship whatever they have unto the antichrist he will be the persuader if you will of the religious world to give their allegiances to the antichrist and this beast if you note in scripture in verse 11 
This beast only holds similarity with a lamb in that it has horns like a lamb, the Bible says. The word lamb, of course, indicates not a full-grown, mature sheep, but a lamb indicates one that is young or an animal in its youth. And so if it were to have the horns of a lamb or the likeness of the horns of a lamb, uh, the horns of a lamb are still yet in a development stage. They are not fully developed. One thing that we, or a couple of things rather, that we do not know about the false prophet, we do not know his racial background and we do not know his geographical background. We don't have uh, nothing to lean on concerning that uh, like we do with the, the, the Antichrist that we have seen in the book of Daniel. But the false prophet may have every appearance, if we're talking about symbolism of a lamb, may have every appearance of innocence that is until he opens his mouth. Uh, because the Bible says when he opens his mouth, he speaks as a dragon. So it may have every uh, appearance of being a prophet, uh, someone that is sacredly religious uh, and, and helping guide people toward what would presumably be the right way until he speaks and opens his mouth because he speaks as a dragon. It is his job description uh, to cause the earth to worship the Antichrist or the image of the beast, the image of the Antichrist. And if you'll bear with me tonight, again, it may be somewhat informative, but uh, throughout the past week I've done a lot of reading news articles, not necessarily along this line, but if, if you have, a, if you have a, a, a routine of reading just news articles, world news, uh, if, you, you, if you read it concerning technology or science, somewhere along the line, something's going to pop up in one of those articles that point concerning the end of the days, the last days. So just in my perusal of, of reading, I got a lot of tags of, of, of different uh, genre of, of articles and, 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 and websites and stuff that I read from, and I was just reading, and it amazes me, and I was even speaking to Bishop just a little bit the other day. It amazes me, or it shouldn't, but it amazes me the direction of our world. I was reading an article from the SF Gate or San Francisco Gate website that was entitled, Will God 2.0 Be Indispensable in Two Years? Uh, written by Deepak uh, Copra in just December the 8th, 2014. This was written. And if you use the excerpts that was gleaned from that, if I may share tonight, just to give us an idea, a pulse of where we are, what we're up against as a church and individuals concerning the world. He said the problem is that God is irrelevant, providing few, if any, practical benefits in daily society. He said in a new book, The Future of God, my pivotal argument is that God only has a future if he or she, he says, becomes useful once again. So this man is saying that our God is not useful. He says no one can predict that God will actually be redefined to become a useful part of how we live and think. This man is under the impression that for today's world and today's society, this so-called God is somewhat archaic and he has no relevance for us today. In order for him to have any relevance, he's going to have to be redefined. 
and he's going to have to change. Folks, I don't know if you understand, that's the world that we're living in today. As a church, that's what we're up against concerning persuading people to the church. You're persuading them to a church where there's a society telling them that God, amen, that they heard of years ago is no longer valid for their day. No longer valid for their time. No longer valid for their needs, for their problems and situations. He does not fit. He'll have to be redefined, remade, reformed in order to be of any benefit to society today. So wonder with me for a moment why you think it's so hard to get somebody to a church. Because they're going to go to a church to a God that needs redefined that can't help them. Then what's the use to go to begin with? And so this is the world that we are dealing with today in society. They've just been lulled into thinking that God is old-fashioned and there's no application for them today. Believe he isn't useful. There is no use in God unless we redefine him and make him fit what we want him to fit. Amen. Uh, folks, let me tell you, I don't know, but my experience with the Lord is this, is that he's very useful, present today in my life, the way that I live and the way that I think. And it has not changed. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost in this place. That the Apostle Paul spoke to the Athenians that were people that were very, very intelligent. They were there just to hear a new matter or a new doctrine. But he spoke to them on Mars Hill in Acts 17, 28. He said, for in him, speaking of God... He said, we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. I'm convinced today, I'm fighting against the, the, the mindset of the world. I didn't produce God. I won't be able to redefine God. God produced me. I'm his offspring. I'm his production. I, I'm his play. I'm his theatrical composition I cannot redefine God if you're looking for a rede redefined God then it's very very easy and simple that you may find it in the coming of the antichrist and his false prophet as a sidekick Again, just uh, uh, some things to consider, and I'm just throwing this out here today. I read an interview and even watched part of the clips, an interview with Rick Warren, who's the Southern Baptist uh, pastor of Saddleback, often referred to as the world's pastor. Uh, he was interviewed by the Roman Catholic Eternal World Television Network, EWTN, and there was an interview with him and just a few excerpts from this. Uh, just, this is just to pick up on the concept and the idea of how uh, there is the crossing over of lines that everybody is desiring for in the religious world and the nominal world. That we can just all come together, we can just all forget our little isms and schisms and woes and, and you believe in God and you believe that there was a Christ and all that. And we just come and gather all together under just that commonality. And so in this, this is happening folks and you can read a lot, not just in this but else places that uh, Mr. Warren is really going over across the lines here recently uh, with the Roman Catholic Church, amen, which that was a, a taboo type of issue years ago with the Southern Baptists, amen, uh, mixing any with the Roman Catholic Church. But they're going over the lines, and he said it, this is his quote, he says it, he's speaking of love, he's saying authenticity and humility. He said Pope Francis is the perfect example of this. He says he is, uh, he is doing everything right. You see, he said people will listen to what we say if they like what 
if they like what they see. And, I, and I'm just, I'm in the crux of studying Revelation and all this stuff. And that quote just jumped out to me and I'm not laying it anywhere. But I thought, you know what? There's a lot of truth in that for the latter days. Because here is a beast coming forth whose likeness is as a lamb and it speaks as a dragon. But if people like what they see, they'll accept what they hear. And so he states this and he goes on and he says, and this is something that would never used to have happened, but it happened today because we're crossing over lines. This is what we're doing. And he says, and, and as our new pope, he claims Pope Francis as his as well, as our new pope, he says he was very, very symbolic. So there's been a lot of interaction between him and Pope Francis and been bridging these perceived gaps in the religious world. What's that doing? That's heading us toward a one religious system sooner or later folks there are three monotheistic religions in the world three religions that believe in one god judaism christianity all right they believe one god in three persons but one god all right and islam these are three monotheistic religions and so of those three they're quite huge they represent a very huge sector of the entire world concerning religion also, again, just informative, but in the Daily Beast, something I read from time to time, in an article named, Does Pope Francis Believe Christians and Muslims Worship the Same God of December the 7th of this year? If I may just draw an excerpt from there, it says, A well-known professor at Yale Divinity School has done a good deal of work on this subject, concluding that both religions believe in one God, one God who is a sovereign Lord to whom they are to be obedient, for both faiths, God embodies what's ultimately important and valuable. He suggests that it has never been more important for Jews, Christians, Muslims to understand that they do indeed worship the same God and in fact inhabit a common moral universe. What's that doing? That's erasing lines. That's erasing lines. They are saying, basically what they are saying is this. See, we're living, folks, we say, well, this is something that's going to happen in the last days. True. But it's in development now. Amen. We've already talked about how the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work in the world today. Yeah, it's going to come to full fruition then, but the fruit is already on the tree now. It's maturing and it is developing. So they're trying to get all this, you know, come into uh, just concert with one another. There is a concept, folks, today, amen, trying to bring the Christian and Muslim uh, religions together. They call it Chrislam. They call it Chrislam, a marriage of Christianity and Muslims together. Amen. And so what they basically say is this, the Muslims, they serve God, they just know him by Allah. Christianity, they serve God too, they just know him by a different name. But it is the one and same God. I'm sorry, folks, our, our roots go all the way back to Abraham in both religions, but one thought that it was, it was Ishmael that was on Mount Moriah, and the other one thought it was Isaac on Mount Moriah, and they, the Muslims just think Jesus is just another prophet among many but we know him to be God robed in the flesh that came down and walked among you and I died for humanity and neither is there salvation in any other for there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved but by the name of Jesus Acts 4 and 12 there is a difference amen 
So we're, we're living during a development time of a one-world religious system that will be led according to revelation by the false prophet. Why? Because he's going to use this as a tool. He's going to be used as a tool himself to influence the masses to submit to the Antichrist. Now, I, if you wonder sometimes why I steer clear from all this joining in Lincoln Arm business, it's because of that. It's going to come all on its own without me trying to help it alone. Somebody hearing me right now. Verse number 14 tells us this false prophet will deceive the earth by the miracles he has power to do. Again, remember Matthew 24, 24, when Jesus was speaking mainly to his disciples and the Jews, he said, for there shall rise again false Christ, antichrist, and false prophets, false prophet, and shall shew great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. He's speaking about Israel. They would deceive the very elect, Israel. There are two categories then of falsehood, the false Christ venue and the false prophet venue that we are dealing with. Satan can fabricate supernatural wonders. Consider the, 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 the magicians that were in Pharaoh's court whenever Moses and Aaron entered there and they put down their rod and it became a serpent. He had his magicians come, they put down their rods and they became serpents. Except Aaron's snake was a little bit more hungry than they were, I suppose, because he swallowed up them. Notice also, you'll see that they, Moses and Aaron, according to the power of God, turned the water into blood. Their magicians turned water into blood. They called frogs to come up over the land. Their magicians caused frogs. You look at it in Scripture, came up on the land. It stopped where it came to the lice factor. They could not reproduce the miracle of the lice. The first statement, if you'll remember, the first statement in Matthew 24 that Jesus spoke to his disciples when they asked those three questions that we have already reviewed about when shall these things be, speaking of the end of time, or what should be the sign of thy coming, or what should be the sign of the end of the world. The first words out of Jesus' mouth after they spoke those three questions, the first words he said to them was this, take heed that no man deceive you. You're wanting to know when it's going to come to end. You're wanting to know when the end of the world is coming. Let this be my first word of admonition to you. Let no man deceive you. Amen. And so as a pastor today, before we even get there, I'm telling the church now, do not let anyone deceive you. Do not let this so-called another gospel stuff deceive you or a better way deceive you or does it take all that deceive you. Someone say amen. And so since, and we understand the Jews, much of Israel did not discern their Messiah in Jesus Christ that came in Bethlehem's manger. Many are still waiting for the appearance, if you will, of their Messiah. And they know from Scripture, Old Testament Scripture, in Deuteronomy and also in Malachi, they know though prior to His coming there have been promised that there should be a prophet. There should be a prophet that precedes their Messiah. According to Deuteronomy, according to Malachi. Namely, He said the prophet Elijah or in the spirit of Elijah, in power of Elijah. So they, they have this expectation of a prophet a forerunner, if you will, 
that will come heralding the coming of their Messiah. Elijah must come according to them. Well, think about all these who did not accept him in his first coming as Messiah. They're looking for Messiah to still come, but as an indication, they're looking for a prophet to come first. Hear me. It behooves then the Jewish people to try the spirits, whether they be of God, as Jesus spoke in Matthew 24 concerning the last day events, because he doesn't want them to be deceived. Could you imagine them not accepting when he did come as the Messiah, still looking for it to be precursed by a prophet, and the false prophet come on the scene that is going to be heralding the work of another? Someone listening to me? See how easy it would be to be deceived, especially when this prophet that does come, this false prophet, mind you, amen, when he does come, when you consider his activity, according to Revelation 13, 13, he, the false prophet, doth great wonders so that he make a fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Honey, that was a, 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 a common uh, association for the prophet Elijah. On Mount Carmel, the fire fell from heaven on the sacrifice. Whenever, whenever the king had sent 50 men with a captain to Elijah, he called down fire out of heaven to consume the captain. That fit, they sent another, he called down fire. So can you see then the Jews seeing someone that has the ability to call fire down from heaven? That's a whole lot like Elijah. Could this be our prophet? Surely whoever he points us to will be our Messiah. Somebody listening to me right now. And so we're praying then that the Jewish people, amen, are not deceived, amen, in that hour and in that day. The false prophet, he's never mentioned alone. He's never mentioned alone. That's just kind of a, 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 just a little side note. He's never mentioned alone. But the false prophet, let me tell you, he's not a true shepherd. He's a hireling. Uh-huh. He's working for another. He doesn't care for the sheep. And he doesn't care if there's any approaching wolves. He's a hireling. But he will convince those on the earth, according to verse 14, that they should make an image to the beast. And the Bible says that he has power to give life to the beast. He can enable it to talk. Amen. Which is absolutely contrary to anything else we've ever read in Scripture concerning an idol or an image. The Bible usually says, mouths have they, but they speak not. Yet in this mode, this image, this, this idol that's going to be made is going to be empowered in some way to speak. And the Bible says the false prophet will also have power to kill whoever will not worship the image of the beast that is made in verse number 15. Amen. And so he has some power of the world ruler because he's empowered by the dragon. He's empowered by Satan. And he causes, he causes them people to worship the world ruler, the Antichrist, the image of the beast even. And so the mantra that was all the way back in Daniel's day with the three Hebrew boys, you must either worship the image or die, will be the same mantra in the last days under the Antichrist and false prophet. You must worship or you will die. Now, this seems very bizarre. How in the world is there going to be an image of a beast that is going to be erected that all the world could worship it? Again, it doesn't seem common that they'd be able to parade through the billions of people wherever this is located and do their deed. Well, again, we have touched this before, but in an age of technology like we have, internet, television, satellite, whatever you desire, amen, I believe will play, play a very integral role. 
amen, in that being accomplished of that day. Even if they want to, the killing or destruction of the people by them. I read an article, I don't have it in here, but this article was quite dated and they said that they had the ability with satellite to uh, promote a signal even across a television that would be subliminal recordings in your mind where they could have the power even to hypnotize people. You're laughing, but I'm telling you, sis, whenever you're go-go, Listen, you have the power to hypnotize people through a a, a satellite that comes to your television. They said they have that technology to be able to do it. Well, honey, there's no greater thing if you wanted to destroy somebody, let them self-destruct. You get control of their mind, get control of their heart, Amen. I don't want to be here for any of that. I don't want to be here to experience any of that. Amen. But he can destroy. Amen. Several times throughout chapter 13, the false prophet is making or causing something to take place or happen. Verse number 16 and 17. And he causeth all, both small and great. And I was just joking with you, sister. I hope you're not mad at me if you are. Pray about it and God will help you with it. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that hath the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. There's six classes of people that's mentioned in verse number 16. Small, great, rich, poor, free, bond, six classes of people. And whenever you look at these six classes, invariably it can basically cover all of humanity just within those six classes of people and so the false prophet will cause or make the people to receive the mark of the beast or the name of the beast or the number of his mark and the way that he'll cause people to do this is contained within the same verse because in the next verse actually because if you don't you won't be able to buy or sell well that hits real hard with modern day people in the world because that touches a tender spot in our society that's geared toward materialism and the accumulation of things if you cut off their ability to buy and their ability to sell think of all the users of ebay and all the users of these yard sale sites and all that <laughs> you cut off their commerce Uh uh-huh you're hitting a tender spot in their life and so then not being able to buy or sell without this of course then we've moved to a different type of financial system that isn't coinage and money dollars and not even our credit cards debit cards or anything like that but evidently a cashless society a new world order amen that will come and all these things we talk about cashless society new world order again they're not new ideas they've been around for years and they've been in development for years. There's just been a gradual shift, you know. It's kind of like uh, you know, Bishop McCool years ago, whenever he talked to new pastors, he told them, he says, if you ever take a church, don't make a bunch of changes. He says, if you want the, if you want the piano on the right side of the platform and it's over on the left, he said, move it an inch every year until it gets over there. Well, that's what's happening to us. They're pushing the envelope just every day, every year, and we get comfortable with that, we swallow it, and so the next change is no big because we've already got comfortable with the previous change. 
Why are you talking about? Because I guarantee you there's probably a lot of people here that use less cash and coin than what they used to, and now they have their debit cards, such and so and so for like that. Well, you know, they're going to get people, they have these little chips in the cards that you just wave in front of somebody. They're getting people comfortable with that. Why? Because eventually they want the chip that is in the card to be able to be in the hand. And so if they're comfortable with just waving the card there, they can just get rid of the card, not have the fear of losing the card, and just do their hand. It's a gradual shift. This is not anything new. You, and you've heard this before, but it bears repeating. You can take open a $1 bill, look at the pyramid on the back with the all C and I at the top. Bishop has talked about this in years go by with the little ribbon below the pyramid that says in Latin, and I'll probably get this wrong, novus ordo seclorum. In Latin, the word novus means new, ordo means order, and seclorum means secular or world. It's been there ever since 1932. Everybody say 1932. 1932 when it was placed there by Franklin D. Roosevelt one of the key driving forces behind the creation of the United Nations was Franklin D. Roosevelt and he dreamed of a new world order with a one world government that would ensure peace and ensure security upon the face of the earth 1932 it appeared on our money new world order this is not something new amen this is not something new but it's growing in intensity someone say amen Whenever Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait in 1990, the great Gulf War, I was, a, I was in middle school, the Gulf War in middle school. President George Bush made this statement. He said, the Iraq crisis is the first test for the new world order. He then proceeded to demonstrate what he meant because every action that was taken against Saddam Hussein during the Gulf War had to be approved by the United Nations Security Council before it was enacted. And so the United Nations is that order of countries from all around sitting on the panel. And so whatever happened in Iraq was first validated by that group of world leaders sitting at a table or it would not have happened. Someone say, yeah, it's not anything new. Mr. Counton, author of such books as The Daily Dollar Dies and Money Master the World, stated in one of his books, I have been in conversation he says, with men chosen to advise the President of the United States. He says, I've weighed their deduction, examined all their sayings. It is one message. He said, we are moving toward a world system, a numbers system run by computer. He said, there is not a conversant person in the world with whom I have spoken who would argue that the world is presently beyond the point of no return. He said, no longer is the question, is a new system coming? The question is, when? Amen. Are you doing all right? I'm just being informative. Bishop Newton in his dissertations on prophecy, he said this. He said it was customary among the ancients, speaking about this mark in the hand or in the forehead, he said it was, it was customary among ancients for servants to receive the mark of their master and soldiers of their general and those who were devoted to any particular deity of that particular deity to whom they were devoted. These marks were usually impressed on their right hand or on their forehead and consisted of some hieroglyphic character or the name expressed in vulgar letters or of the name disguised in numerical letters according to the fancy of the imposer. The placement of the mark according to scripture or the name or the number of the beast, amen, is in the forehead or in the right hand. And this 
brings to mind something in contradistinction to that that was commanded unto Moses to the children of Israel, ironically. Because the Bible says in Deuteronomy 6, we use this at baby dedications about here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, how we need to teach our children. The Bible says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by thy way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign, or everybody say, or a mark, upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. In other words, in response to the commandment of the Lord, the Jews had developed these things called phylacteries. They were just small little scrolls that were inside of a box. They were the laws of God that were bound there. And they would bind the laws of God to their hand or to in between their eyes upon their heads. And so God had a sign for his covenant people that his law would be upon their hand or on their head. Well, folks, Antichrist does not want to be outdone. He's in opposition, wishes to mimic anything that's true and godly. And so if God has them placed that upon their hand or their forehead, amen, so that they will not forget as a sign or as a mark. So Antichrist wants his mark, his name, or the number of his name upon his people's forehead or up on their hand. Foxnews.com, the, 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 the article was, is there a microchip implant in your future? We have heard of this, folks. If you, have, if you just read anything that's scientific, you're going to come across articles like this. All these I'm giving you is this year, August 30th, 2014. They say you can inject one under your skin and no one will ever notice. Use short-range radio frequency identification, RFID signals for short. It can transmit your identity as you pass through a security checkpoint or walk into a football stadium. It can help you buy groceries at Walmart in a worst case scenario, if you are kidnapped in a foreign country, for example, it could save your life. Now, listen to me. Listen to me very clearly. The main, the main venue for acceptance of these things will not so much so be convenience, listen to me, as much as it will be a venue of safety and security. That will be the real concern for the people. Because if safety and security is a real concern, and it is, identities are being taken left and right. Uh, we have all this sex trafficking, all these things that are just totally bizarre that your grandparents never even dreamed of. That's taken place. People are fearful for their security. They're fearful for their safety. And they will go to whatever degree they got to go to in order to ensure and adopt whatever is necessary in order to ensure their safety and their security. Some, amen, will trust in horses and chariots, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God, the psalmist David said. Amen. They, start, they started using these RFID chips on animals. See, this is how it works into our lives. If it's in Ophido, who cares? No big deal. Yeah, we want to keep track of Fido. He gets out every once in a while, digs under the fence. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I always forget whenever his heartworm medication really needs to be done and stuff, and that can help me out, you know. And I take him into the doctor, and we don't have to worry about them finding the paperwork. As soon as he comes in, they just scan Ophido, and it's all right there. Harmless. 
Well, see, the whole mindset is this. Once you get comfortable, it's in your dog. You might, man, this might be beneficial if I ever have a child someday. They can just put this right in that little belly button cord there, you know, before the... I'm, I'm serious, folks. Matter of fact, there's hospitals across America today that they're asking parents already for verification if they want that done in the United States. Amen. And so they're just trying to get us comfortable with this. And, you know, look at the beneficial side of it. That's the way they're going to paint it. Look at the benefits of it. Uh, For instance, people with Alzheimer's disease. Great, great, great tool for people with Alzheimer's. You can monitor the location of people with Alzheimer's. You won't have to worry about them still living isolated by themselves and having one of the days they get out and went around don't know where they're at. You can find them. Or perhaps a, a criminal, a felon who had just got out of prison. You know, you don't have to have the little band for parole and all that. They just need the chip and we can keep a very close... We can make your world safe. They say also in this article, GPS would not work because skin would block the signal. Although, new near-field communication chips, these are the kind that's found in your smartphones, could work because of their low power requirement. However, no one has yet tried to implant an NFH or NFC chip. That is a new near-field communication chip. And if you, listen, listen, I mean, listen to how we could paint this. If you walk, they say, into a donut shop, the owner could read your taste preferences, glazed or unglazed, without needing a loyalty card. Everybody say it's nothing new because the FDA approved the first implantable microchip back in 2004, 10 years ago. Everybody doing right? I know it's informative. Do I got your attention, though? I think I do from the way that I'm looking right now. Tip News, all these articles I've just read this week. Tip News, digital news aggregate. They say, this is not us, but it'll get to us. They say all European newborn babies will be microchipped from May 2014, is the headline. On May 2014 through Europe, newborn children will be compelled to take the subcutaneous RFID chip, public Clinics in the European Union, oh, really, are to be altered. The chip in inquiry will be contributed with the report sheet of the newborn. The chip will also be an impressive GPS sensor that will task with a micro-disposable battery every two years in state clinics. The GPS chip grants an edge of air of five meters. So there's a little variance, but that's really good. Let me tell you, GPS by five meters, that's great. As a statement that it is Excellent. They say it will be linked straight to a satellite which will guide the networks as forecasted. This chip will be essentially for all kids born after May 2014. So if you were living in Europe right now among the European Union, those who are part of that, and remember they're the ones that we looked at one time concerning that 10 Confederate King nation that could possibly be the revived Roman Empire. If you're living in their uh, area right now, if you had a baby right now, it would have the chip. Anybody want to move to Europe? Now, we could spend another 30 minutes, and I've already spent a lot of time, but we could spend another 30 minutes just reading excerpts from articles, current articles, today articles along these lines, but the evidence is clear. The world is being set up, folks, for something that is to happen in the near future. And our ability to buy or sell will be regulated by a mark or a name or the number, amen, that that whole thing has been creeping in just as well, just as well. Hallelujah. According to an article, you want to talk about cashless society, according to an article I read uh, on November, back in November, it was dated November the 14th, it said, 
4% of the United States money actually in currency as of 2008. In other words, at 2008, only 4% of the United States money was in currency. It was only in currency. 96% then is electronic. They said then bills and coins in circulation of that 4% of currency actually that's actually in circulation, of that 4%, only 7% is actually in circulation being used around. According to the American Institute for Economic Research, they said got cash not for loan as June 14th of 2012. This is a little old. They said a poll released this May, it was 2012 then, by a Rasmussen report confirms Americans' dwindling reliance on physical currency. They said then, 2012, 43% have gone a full week without paying for anything with cash or coins. Ask yourself the question, has there been any weeks in your life that you went by and didn't use cash or coin or even a check to pay for stuff what's going on we're all walking the road toward a cashless society i say it folks and and let me tell you i'm gonna go home and go cut up all my credit cards and my debit card and i'm gonna go get all my cash out of the bank and put my mattress at the house or in the backyard let me tell you folks let me tell you something just because you have a credit card something like that let me tell you you're not going to stop what's going to happen there's nobody around here going to stop what's going to happen. I tell people all the time I go places, I don't have no cash on me. I say, I'm promoting the cashless society. I tell you why. Because the faster I can promote it, maybe the faster I can get out of here because the church is coming before it's finished anyway. I'm not going to take the mark because then I have no place in this kingdom, but uh, I'm not going to be here for the time that I'd have to have that option. Somebody hearing me? <laughs> Man. And so what it's saying is this, though, folks. We're gently being rocked in a cradle today people are but there's going to come a day they're going to find out it's the antichrist that's rocking the cradle his spirit is already influencing everything that already is the world's going to accept it because it's just progressively made its way into our world and let me tell you your children will be more accepting of it than what you are my generation accepted a lot of stuff my grandparents would have said ball humbug over your children's going to accept things that you wouldn't even accept today. Why? Because they'll have no base point. They'll be so far removed from what it once was, it will become their new normal. Is someone, is someone here what I'm saying today? And so they, 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 and without consulting history, they won't know anything different. Some have suggested when we talk about these three forms of identification, either taking the mark or the name or the number of his name, the mark may be considering the representation of the government, the name, the religion, and the number, the monetary aspect of it. If we can look very quickly, and I'm close because I am not going on. This is not going to week number four on this chapter, all right? As a matter of fact, we'll close down tonight. Bishop will probably be speaking to you next Wednesday. We'll still be out of town uh, with, with things with uh, Don's grandfather and his, his funeral and so on and so forth. And then remember, services are going to be on Tuesday the next two weeks. And I'll probably, you'll probably get a break from Revelation until January. Someone's going to sleep with a smile on their face tonight. Revelation 13 and verse 18. The Bible says, here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is 600, three score, and six. Again, a score is 20, so three score is 60, 660 and six. Now, folks, we could splinter out all kinds of things because they're all, they're, there's truthful things, there's conspiracies, everything under the sun, seven days from Sunday. 
about 666. Six, though we know throughout the ages, has been associated with man. Man was created on the sixth day. Uh, seven, six is just short of seven. 666 certainly is a number of man. Six, six, six. Now, throughout time, it has been associated with very evil and sinister things, satanic worship, the occult, so on and so forth. And there's various theories around 666. Again, just as various as the stars. Some of them have credence. Some of them have credence amen but there's others that are just trying to make something work okay nevertheless the people of that day and that hour will know when it happens all right now throughout time listen here's one thing that you know people just man they finagle this around do it just right they try to use gematria to predict who is the antichrist and all gematria is is it's using it's using letters letters that represent actual numerical values and adding up then the numerical value that's in the letters of people's names most time in Latin or Greek or Hebrew and if it comes up to 666 they're the possibility of being the Antichrist for instance in Latin the old Roman language some letters are also used as numbers Roman numerals as we would know them and for instance the letters described here's one of those things for instance the letters inscribed in the Pope's mitre adds up to 666 so years, everybody said that's exactly what it is. But you know what? Uh, Mussolino signed his name in a certain way that the letters in it came up to 666. Also, Napoleon, his name in Latin, it comes up to 666. Henry Kissinger's name comes up to 666. So who is it? So you've got to be careful what I'm saying. You've got to be careful with things like that. Matter of fact, if you were to take the Latin numeric letters, the I, the V, the X, the L, the C, and the D, and take all of them and add them together, guess what? You get 666. <laughs> so I liked what one man said, and I'll end with this. You'll stand with me, and let me tell you, it was a miracle that we got done in 45 minutes, but stand. But I talked quick. I like what E.W. Bullinger said. He said, Gematria is not a means by which the name is to be discovered. He said, but it will be a test and a proof by which the name may be identified after the person is revealed. In other words, he's saying it's not, a, it's not like a map that we're trying to hunt down in order to reveal who the Antichrist is. He said, but it will bear testament and proof that after he's revealed, if his name does so and so forth, then that he is who he has been revealed to be. Amen. And so you look, man, you look, years ago, I remember the books coming out when I was a young boy growing up. Man, the, the, U, the universal product codes. Universal UPC codes, the little lines on your things, you know, the long lines, that's a six, the middle line, six, six, and all kinds of, there's all kinds of stuff you can find it in. You know, and this is kind of odd one over in, 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 in Jerusalem for years, uh, their, their, their taxi started with the 666. And some of us get all creeped out over that. Man, if I order something at 666, bless God, I'll buy something else. You're crazy. What's your deal? I got a doctor bill for my son. He's in the hospital just here a few weeks ago, $666. I didn't say, hey, put him back in and do a little bit more. <laughs> Y'all nuts. You think because your bill come to 666, you took the mark of the beast and you're doomed? Come on now. Seriously. We get foolish like that, folks. Seriously. Get real here. 
all right amen so we got to watch those things but there is that day coming there is the antichrist there is the false prophet they're going to work in tandem one with the other amen the false prophet's going to be the promoter going to be promoting the antichrist the antichrist got the government there he's got all the, and look in in different episodes and i am closing i'm sorry i got you standing but in different episodes across the nation there's already attacks that's coming against governments monetary systems and military systems trying to suppress them to a place where they will become as one a good point a good point to reference for that is just give consideration september the 11th of 2001 one plane was headed for the capitol building or the white house a symbol of our government one went to the pentagon central intelligence agency a lot of military intelligence there military the Twin Towers, a representation of the financial buttress of our world, finances. Three areas that were attacked trying to be suppressed, not just in our world, but in other worlds. Why? Because there's one that's wanting to get domain over all those areas. Amen. I close tonight, starting in January, unless something changes. It'll be Revelation chapter 14, and you'll be able to go, Salah, a pause. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.